Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. What a show tonight. Had a great conversation with Stefan at Garland's on Instagram. Started super late. Took it past midnight. It's like, it's like, it's 1.30. Holy shit. Yeah, we did almost three hours. Got the studio all lit up with candles. Got the mood right. And we just talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Y'all go check out his newest release, Chasing Ghost. He's got a show coming up at El Rocco on July 10th. Y'all be on the lookout for that. And I hope you enjoy this late night edition of Weight Room Records. the beard absolutely <laughs> thank you uh so for those of you listening which you all are we've got the studio set up in a a very candlelit very intimate mood <laughs> i'm gonna get so much hate for that <laughs> oh, my dog. we have two more candles to light here i tried oh, to i tried nice, to, i tried dude. to pick a scent that reminded me of you so okay. i got you rose petal Oh, that's beautiful. And dude. then I got myself lavender because I'm the lavender boy. That's dude. the only kombucha I drink is lavender. I love lavender, it's man. It's so good. So why don't you you light your candle and then I'll light mine. Yo! <laughs> Our girlfriends are going to be so jealous. I know. Too bad they don't have a recording studio. All right. Nice. Oh, and to add another dimension to it. Because I didn't want you to drink alone, I'm officially breaking my sobriety. No! Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. It's not alcoholic. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, no! Mm. I but don't no want to be give, that dude. Give that a taste, because that's, that's non-alcoholic. Oh, I just saw a commercial for this, and yeah, I was like... Yeah. Doesn't it taste exactly like Heineken? It does. It's crazy. Because, like, you know, you get, like, O'Doul's or something, and it's like, meh. Just, it doesn't taste like beer. No, and I, dude, I, like that's my thing. Anytime I see someone drinking non-alcoholic beer, I'm like, man, like, why? <laughs> why? That tastes just like piss. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah just drink yeah. a soda, like, mm-hmm. which I also have. You've taken me back to the dark side, friend. Oh man, yeah, I just uh, you were talking about kombucha. I like those uh, like hard kombuchas that are starting to like come out more around mm-hmm. here. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, so much hate. but no um yeah cheers dude thank you very much hell yeah uh, well we're in it now mm-hmm. here we are <laughs> yeah dude in it to win it this is my third podcast of the day really yeah i've been going deep fuck yeah uh, my buddy and i do one and uh we've just started releasing now and he's going to a show next week, which I might I might go to. I'm thinking about it. So we wanted to go ahead and book two so that 
we can still have one to release, even though we're, oh, we're skipping good idea. a week. Yeah. What's the show? It's called Lemon Squeeze and Deep Cuts. Okay. And the whole thing is, <coughs> so he's like a he's like a um, a metalhead, and he's he's not very familiar with any pop music really ever, but especially nowadays. So the whole thing is like. I pitch him all these popular songs and then he shows me like really deep cut kind of stuff. Okay. So, and we, we made our like second post today. We posted up the second, <coughs> the second episode and we got a like from the meat man's lead singer. Yo. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> Sorry. That's all good. <coughs> Dude. Yeah. Women squeezing deep cuts. If it, nothing else, the name wasn't taken. <laughs> I love the name. <laughs> Thanks, man. I think it's cool. And then we do, uh, it, for an acronym, it's LSD, and then the C is in parentheses. Yeah. I want some. <laughs> I want a chemist to design, like one of those mole- molecular structures of LSD, but then have like an offshoot of carbon or something. So it's LSD C, something like that. Merch idea. That would look sick. Dude. <laughs> I could see that like on a sticker, mm-hmm. just being slapped all over the town right yeah all the cop cars yeah oh <laughs> fuck dude how you been happy belated father's day dude oh thank you man how does it feel to be like the last cool dad dude no there's there's hella cool dads my uh my friends alex and mave actually just had their baby um on thursday which is also my birthday so uh, their what? baby gus august gus was just born and uh very cute uh alex is hella cool so that's there's still man i honestly feel like this is the day and age where like more cool dads are gonna start you think coming out of like the millennial generation and kind of like i don't know like where we're not just like able to like see and understand that there's like things out there like more like better references on like what to do and what not to do when raising a child but like we're also the ones who are not gonna just like scoff at it or be like well you know that's not what my parents did and i turned out fine kind of mm-hmm. like shit because i don't know as they drive there's home, always as they drive improve. home drunk from the tgi fridays exactly <laughs> shouts out tga fridays man i love appetizer samplers dude i fridays, love mozz- like don't at me <laughs> mozzarella sticks dude <laughs> fuck i love mozzarella sticks <laughs> yeah but um my good friend jacob jacob nunley back home is um he's a really good father my friend josh allen who i talked about last time and actually we like uh facetimed or whatever earlier mm-hmm. and um he's actually he dude he was sitting at home i gotta i gotta show you this screenshot i got because he um he did the fucking deed, dude, and got a got a fucking vasectomy. So oh, damn. he just sitting there like chilling his nuts on oh. ice, like. <laughs> but oh man, he's got three kids, and he's him and his wife Sage are just like two of my most you know favorite people. And he'll turn. Um, they just put out a like a split. Um, I. I I'm such a dick. I forget the other band's name. But um they're like I believe doing like vinyl pre-orders. Oh, cool. So that's um yeah, heel x turn on Instagram. Yeah, that's them. 
Cool. And uh, Infinity Land and Virgin Mother are the other two bands, and it's called Underlight. It's, oh, it's three bands? Yeah, three Damn. bands. Super sick, super heavy, and then... That definitely helps out with printing cost. Dude, yeah. And he just sent me... um the mixes to their upcoming LP that they um, they recorded with someone like pretty like if you're into heavy music it's like kind of sick it's this band Weekend Nachos I don't even know if I'm supposed to share this shit fuck <laughs> god damn I'm sorry Josh but it's so I mean come on people been talking about it what the fuck yeah we always do but uh heel turn they have sick merch. Um, they kind of started off as like, um, yeah, that's Josh here. He's got like his little um, synth Ooh, setup because they do cool. like noise shit too. Oh, okay. Over their music and whatnot, and um, so like they started off as like a wrestling theme band. So heel turn is a pro oh, wrestling yeah. term. Yeah, you yeah. you turn heel. You become exactly. the bad guy. Like, um, uh, not Stone Cold. Who's the famous heel? Because a lot of them, I, man, a lot of them start heel and then turn good. Like The Rock did that, and then Triple oh really? H. Yeah, I don't follow wrestling. Enough. Josh is like all about it i just found i like like that hella like violent ecw like oh, where they're smashing they're each like, other with, they're like, like throwing each other into tax and shit yeah dude. yeah and i thought i'll have to send you the link uh but it's this gnarly like hella underground like deathmatch style just Damn, these dude. guys are deranged mm -hmm. like but uh that's yeah so then they would all wear like luchador masks while during their live sets <laughs> that's fucking and awesome. uh now they're now they don't really do that now. It's like, like even the songs were kind of wrestling themed. So like the, now the gimmick kind of passed, right? And now they're like they're like more they're straightforward, you know. Sure. But the name, I I still like that. Like if you're like aware of what wrestling is, yeah, definitely. Dude, I gotta catch myself on saying the likes too. I when I listen to that other podcast, I man, do it all the time. Holy shit! It happens, especially when you're like when you're like your nerves are kind of up. Yeah, you're just it's essentially what it is is your mind taking a break so it can reorganize itself as you're thinking of something. Your your brain doesn't want empty space in your speech, so instead of pausing, you say like or uh or you swear. That's a big thing with my sister is she swears like a sailor because she can't, yeah. she's, her thoughts are racing. I feel like when I get more fucked up, instead of like, I'll be like, fucking, you know, <laughs> fucking this, fucking that, fuck. I'm going to, instead of like, I'm going to figure something else out to say, well, my brain takes a break. I'll be I, like, uh, that's good. I like that. Like, and you know, and then uh, like, uh, I'm so bad at this. I'm so <laughs> This is what happens when we do the late night podcast. So this is the first one. Dude, this is Thank you for being a part of this. Yeah, I wish like I wish everyone could see how sick this is. I'll, I like it's it's romantic as fuck, yo. Doing the other podcast with my buddy, we film and it's really made me start thinking about doing a video yeah. option. I I kind of want the option to do cuz some for something like this it would be awesome. Dude. Especially since you've already been on before. I may do audio onlys for first timers just because I, I like the whole idea of the person has to take you as an artist and what you say, not what you look like. Mm. That's a big thing with me. Yeah. 
Because how many people would just look at somebody like Post Malone and write him off? You know what I mean? I don't know, man. That guy's got so many fucking face tattoos. Yeah. That you would kind of just feel like... You would definitely be curious about... Yeah, yeah. Even if he was just a total stranger, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, yo. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck? Yeah. But it's because he's an industry plant, technically, and got a shitload of money and when you're rich Once you're you, set, can, you can get a fucking face tattoo you, well you can get face tattoos but you can also just afford to get tattoos that's a good tattoos point. are expensive as fuck how, how much do you think just estimating have you spent <laughs> dude the last tattoo i got I, I oh man like if you could if you could buy a car where are you at like hyundai sonata or like maybe like i'm Audi. probably at like oh God, this sounds <laughs> so bad. Especially because it's just like, it's just all on me. Oh, mm. what a fucking narcissistic prick. Probably like three to four grand, man. Really? Probably around three grand. Damn. Maybe a little. I don't know, dude. It varies. Uh, like, I've gotten, yeah, some of my... Some of my, yeah, yeah, I've racked it up. I got like, but it's so ridiculous too. It, it all depends on where you're living where or where you're at getting tattooed, who's doing it. Because I've got tattoos that are completely free. Mm-hmm. And then I've had tattoos that have cost around like 300. I usually have never had to pay more than like 300 for anything. I know my back whenever I get my back done, I want to get like a like a full back piece or something. That'll probably cost a lot, which means I won't be doing it any fucking time soon cuz I'm so fucking poor. Just get super rich and yeah. famous because then you can just get all your tattoos free cuz uh, the artists uh, just want the Instagram post or the uh, tweet. Man. <laughs> Fuck. That's the only reason I would want to do that. Right. Just for the free tattoos. <laughs> the free tattoos and just like the like the the domestic like growth, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a the financial security. Cars. Just where you don't have to worry about it. You know you're good. Exactly, man. Yeah. yeah. Money. Money sucks. It's like I want it, but I hate it, and I don't want it, but I want it. I saw like a cartoon sketch today, and it was people at a zoo looking at a monkey, and they were they were like, "Look at that stupid ape over there!" And the apes like, "You're the only you're the only animal that pays to be on this planet." <laughs> That's some shit. Thank, you, dude. You I, that was something I had been talking about the other day, because <coughs> <coughs> like. I'll, I usually talk about this kind of stuff when I'm just <coughs> like high as fuck. <coughs> By the way, Delta 8, dude. I'm all for it, man. Have you heard of this shit? Is that the coronavirus? No. <coughs> yeah, this is what... The Delta strand I've been hearing about. This is a smokable vaccine. It's called <laughs> Delta 8. Um, it's more of a body It high. saved me. It saved me from COVID. Anyways... <laughs> Let's talk about Treetop Hemp Company and their Delta Eight smokable vaccines, real quick. No, no, Let's but do it. Delta Eight is like um, they basically were able to. I guess it comes more so from hemp. It's some kind of 
gene, gene or I don't know, like strain it's like type. A can, it's a cannabinoid. It's a, exactly. That's it. And they were able to like do some shit with it. And so it's almost like it's like smoking like really decent like mid almost. Hmm. But that doesn't make you feel like shitty or like anxious because like. That's usually anyone I know nowadays, a big reason why they don't smoke weed is like the anxiety and like paranoia that they can get from like really strong strains. And so I don't really like anything that's like too sativa dominant, which sucks because I like the creativity that it gives me, but I hate like getting like anxiety and shit. So the Delta 8 is nice because it's like you definitely will feel it when you smoke it, but it doesn't make you act just like fucking like zombie like at all mm. it doesn't i don't know it's nice so i've heard good things about where people are going in and adjusting the rate the ratio of thc to cbd mm-hmm. because so apparently for a long time with marijuana there was a <coughs> a more equal balance of the two so you have the you have the intoxicating effects of the thc but you also have the relaxing effects <coughs> And the anti-inflammatory right. effects of <clears throat> CBD, but as they've been making stronger and stronger uh, THC-heavy marijuana, the CBD only can reach so much of the ratio. So you're getting a lot more anxiety, and that's why people are doing edibles and then having panic attacks. Right. And I mean, when I was smoking like flour more, so I yeah, I usually was taking um, usually around a, like a hundred milligrams of CBD alongside of it. Yeah. Just to kind of help diminish that. And right. that's that's like what this is, you know? Yeah. Like a better balanced ratio. Dude, and it like I was like just in such like a depressive slump for a long time and like I just started hitting this fucking pen man and I got that that EP done in like days afterwards. Like I quickly I was just like how to mix and master on Ableton and then it was like utility, like multi band compressor or like whatever and i was like holy shit dude this song sounds completely different now and Mm -hmm. like there's so much stuff you can take advantage of right especially when you buckle down and focus and you have a goal in mind and you just you focus on it yeah speaking of plug your new joint oh man i'm gonna do an intro up top so i make sure i hit your date and that's uh by the way uh july 10th july 10th there's nothing like out for it yet. That's through um hey, right here. Kyle Brown, Chipper Bones, shout out Kyle. Um yeah, he's book he hit me up. I don't know, I was kind of pestering him, you know. Hey, that's what you got to do sometimes. I know, it's squeaky wheel gets the grease. Yeah, and uh yeah, he finally just like messaged me and asked if I'd want to open um a show that has um street clothes and dots okay or not familiar with dots so yeah gonna make sure we have a good time you know um i got some ideas for it actually a few things i wanted to ask you about sure some help um getting your laptop for live play yes yeah <laughs> I got you. Yes. At El Rocco Lounge. I got you. The show's at El Rocco. I was even going to see if maybe I could like rehearse my set here. Sure. Um, 
and yeah so yeah july 10th um uh i i guess probably like starting next week they're gonna start like putting out some shit about it and i i kind of want to make like my own like physical flyers like maybe have al do some collaging or i do like some not anymore but i used to do collaging and shit and just make something you know I did that with that little food pop-up I did a long time ago where I made like these posters and they came out really nice. And uh, I think I still have my Fawn Wan shirt. Oh man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I have like one that I saved for myself. That's so funny. Like hella limited. But uh, so yeah, so the show and then uh, yeah, I just put out that EP on June 22nd. It was two days before my th- birthday. June 24th is your birthday? Yeah. No, my dad's born June 23rd. So I'll t- Why didn't I um, know it was your birthday? I don't know. I, po- I posted like a couple things about it, trying to like guilt people into listening to my music. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, like, hey, hey, it's my birthday. Listen to my music. Yeah, don't be or else a, you're a jerk. Don't, but you don't have to buy me something. Just appreciate my art, right? No, I know. It, but here's the sad thing is that if you didn't do that, how many people would have? No, I know, man. It's funny because like... Sometimes your friends need a kick in the ass too. Even though they want to support you, sometimes you have to like, be, hey, like I'm doing something. Oh, I know. You get a little busy and then you're just like... I'll listen to it tonight, Same old, and then you're you gonna know. watch Netflix, and then you're not gonna listen to it, and then in the morning you're gonna watch a YouTube video instead of listening to it. Right, and then, and then it's like you've heard their other songs, and maybe you're just kind of like whatever about it that you're you just assume that's gonna be more of that. That sometimes you don't even fucking listen to it, you know? Sure. But um, and that's really sad because I can't think of an artist that didn't progress, right, from one work to the next. I mean, you especially. For I mean. F- the quality yeah, and the man. sound of these these three off the single compared to like not saying it's p- the pa- the previous was bad or anything I mean, it's just dude, like it's this was so much better though that previous one i can't even listen to that shit you like, had such a good dialed in mix like i i could hear everything you wanted me to hear mm-hmm. it seems like you have a you have a a better sense of space and and timing yeah man i mean again it really was all about just like learning like mixing eqing like mastering um but yeah it's kind of funny because um yeah that first ep i did was like it was some of the first stuff i had started like when i got like ableton and shit and then some of this stuff like um the first song on there it is definitely one of the more recent songs i had started but the other two were older like that diamond thief song i had made the the whole instrumental for that song last year mm-hmm. so that was my favorite song by the way i uh, love that song thanks man it, yeah it's so good it's that song is a lot of fun to make that song i spent a lot of like there's so many like demos of that man with yeah. just but I'll tell you, man, once I got the auto-tune, it, like, I'm just, like, not very confident with my voice, so, and I just, I enjoy, like, things that sound less human, you know, so, um, that's what really changed it, because even, 
what I had recorded over that prior to applying the auto tune, I didn't really, I was like, eh, whatever. And then right when I put that on there, it like, it just, yeah, I was just, it provides a lot like, of really it, cool man. texture. Cause it's like when you're, when you're going between notes, it's like trying to find the pitch. So you right. get these really interesting textures as the software is trying to compensate. I know. It's so sick. And like, honestly, man, I just, to me, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's no different than like people using the vocoder, you know? And I love like. It's the like, exact same thing. Vocoder is like, one of my favorite effects. Dude, like Zap and Roger, man. I love Zap, dude. Like, I love, I love like electro, like that early electro funk, like vocoder music, mm -hmm. like, and even like just straight electro, like all that early, like 80s, like, you know, like breakdancing kind of music where mm -hmm. they were doing all, all that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. I was yeah. like, hell yeah, yeah. dude. I just Daft think Punk, Robot Rock, like all yeah. that shit, dude. I think like a lot of people have a big problem with it. It's like a very polarizing thing, but it's, I, one of my favorite examples is T-Pain. Because right. T-Pain is a phenomenal singer. Mm -hmm. If you haven't heard him sing raw, go listen to him sing raw. He's phenomenal. T-Pain is great, man. The reason he used the auto-tune is because he liked it. Right. I he mean, didn't, He didn't need it. He just liked it. Same with Future. Future is one of my favorite Future's cool. musicians. Um, the first song I heard by him was, uh, what is it, In the Mouth? or so? It's like I'm trying to fuck the DA lady in oh, the mouth, yeah, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. He's it's one of the funniest songs I've ever heard. He's hardcore. And it's so funny because he was like... His whole story is really fascinating because he's like super linked in with Dungeon Family, which, you know, that's like um, Outkast, Goody Mob. Uh, what's the fucking production group? They did like TLC Waterfalls. I mean, it's Dungeon Family basically is mm -hmm. like everything. But the oh, my God, there's like a documentary. I feel like it's like Uncle Rico. Hmm. Anyways. Future like is related, I guess, to Uncle Rico and all that. And uh so ever since he was uh real young, he he was like around like, you know, Andre and Big Boy and stuff. So mm -hmm. he came up and was like he was doing the auto tune stuff and like he had kind of that like lower and gruffer voice, but like it was still kinda like poppy and then he had this whole relationship with uh, Sierra, who I don't know if you're familiar with her. Mm -hmm. um, she did like goodies and all those songs. Mm -hmm. And like they like separated and it was all like dramatic and shit. And then after that, man, he just like went so just like raw and gritty and like the auto tune, it just like made him sound just cold, you know? Mm -hmm. Like. And like it, inhuman, like you were talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have like him who kind of like, you know, I feel like Kanye, you know, definitely is one of the first people to really like yeah. bring auto tune to the mainstream. But then like, yeah, future and now everyone uses it. And like, that's why, again, like I love Young Thug, like the way he utilizes auto tune. It basically his voice is just like an instrument. And that's why like mumble rappers get hated on. But I, I like to think of it as almost just like another instrument added because sure. typically when you listen to that music you're mainly dialed in on the beat you know yeah, yeah, unless yeah, yeah. you're a really stellar like rapper or you can like which again you know i will i say these guys like future and young thug like their flows are really like 
weird and like they talk about psychedelics and you can almost hear it that they're like writing it and like even if you're not necessarily understanding like the way they can go from like triplets like you know like just all over the place it's while the auto tunes applied so it's all like and then like you're saying it does like those weird like in between kind of notes it's sick dude yeah auto tunes the shit man you heard it i got like hella presets already on my shit so it was like i just clicked like and uh just like it came to life just and then i was like kind of you know what's a way to kind of update something that is derived from like 80s music you know like yeah, the yeah, instrumental yeah, yeah. is very 80s like new wavy put like kind of like a auto-tune thing over it mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very happy with how that song came out. Yeah, very happy with how everything came out. I really like the transition from Chasing Ghost into Nightmare World because you go from this like really cool, like you're saying, 80s inspired song with, by the way, really cool beat. I really like the beat in that song. The Diamond Thief? No, no, no. So from Chasing Ghosts. Oh, Chasing into, Ghosts. Yeah. Into Nightmare World. Because then in Nightmare World, it's like this like honky-tonk guitar. And it sounds so cool. I just love the transition effect. Yeah. So Diamond Thief was definitely... The last one was definitely the 80s-ish one. Like Chasing Ghosts was more like what we talked about last time. Really wanting to try to meld like that kind of like... 90s like shoegaze like yeah, alternative yeah, yeah. like dream you know like very reverby guitar maybe like a little bit of like emo thrown in mixed with kind of like trappy drums mm-hmm. and uh yeah but no nightmare world man that's just like that's just like the kind of shit i always like that's kind of like the go-to music you know anytime i grab a guitar i start playing like blue scales you know because that's just like what i learned on guitar so the nightmare world those lyrics are something i'd written like years ago that i just was like kind of repeating in my head you know but even that was like originally i was like wanting to make it kind of like electronic but instead i so yeah i just wanted something that sounded good to get like high to you know yeah hell yeah like and then i used ableton for that but just like fucked around to give it like a lo-fi sound but there was no like tape involved you know and uh yeah so i kind of was like bluesy you know slide guitar kind of like velvet undergroundy like kind of just slow and like just zone out you know because i i also really enjoy like music like i like drone music a lot where it's just stuff you can kind of just zone out to you know if you close your eyes and you're not necessarily like focusing on the music you know you're just kind of like just yeah and then you come back to it whenever whenever you decide to it's really popular in like trance Mm-hmm. stuff like that where it's just like re- it's like repetitive to the point where you just kind of follow it and then you'll go in and out of it it's like yeah. intentional it's intentionally to get your mind to wander have you heard of a band called spiritualized Mm-mm. 
they're kind of um i don't know if you know the uh like spaceman three um they mm-hmm. were like a kind of like a 80s 90s like shoegazy like psychedelic like very loud just reverb drenched and so spiritualized was like i guess one of like the main guy it was like his thing afterwards and uh i'll send you the link because they have a incredible album um but the whole album is kind of based on that like repetition and it starts to kind of like build up in crescendo but it's still like very centered around like like rock and pop music same with uh like brian jonestown massacre if mm-hmm. you know them very just repetitive you know mm-hmm. but then you'll start to add these kind of like additional dynamics and nuances that kind of like that's what kind of helps you always stay in the trance you know yeah because if it's just loops 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 you'll start to get a little bored and that's like even noise and tape loop music where every time the tape revolves around it's a different sound. So like all of these like styles of music and art that involve some kind of like repetition or mantra or things like that. I, I enjoy that kind of stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, big, big, always been a big part of my life, you know, is yeah. just mantras, mm. repeating stuff in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, man. It's fun. Here we are. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. That was fun to make. What was your favorite part of the process? Hmm. Favorite part. Like, so we'll, we can break it down into a couple, couple different sort of segments. What, what did you have the most fun doing? Like just pure joy, super excited to get up in the morning and work on it. Just fun. Probably the mixing. Really? Okay. I like mixing a lot. Like yeah. like in the sense of where like you can start to make things sound like different things, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, because typically for me, musically speaking... If I'm in a band practicing, practicing, and then like the rec- the recording process and playing live, that's always like I like all those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like doing things by yourself, um, there's I don't know. There's especially I feel like with having Fiona and like working and stuff that there's just way more of a sense of urgency that sometimes like I don't enjoy like recording, you know, but I'm just like, Oh, like this is the only like time I have to do it, you know? And so, um, there's a, yeah. On chasing ghosts too, the first song, so the EP is called Chasing Ghosts, but the song is called Chasing Ghosts 2 because there's a Chasing Ghosts on the first EP I put out because mm-hmm. I reused the chorus from the first song okay. into the second song to kind of like take it to another route, even though like l- lyrically the first one's way more harsh and straightforward, but that one is still trying to like convey kind of like the same uh, 
feelings because mm-hmm. I had I had written that the day after I got fired from a job that I thought, you know, it kind of came as a surprise, but it shouldn't have in retrospect. But um, so I was just like so depressed because more than anything else, like I'd never gotten fired from a job before that. But also just when you're like a parent and something like that happens, it's, yeah. it's just way different. It's you like know? devastating. And so... I had just been like laying there. I wrote like pretty much the whole song. And if you, sorry, I'm just staring like into space. Oh, I wasn't no, no, sure you're good. You're I, like... I, no, I, I ran into a recording snafu with my buddy earlier. And like, I'm super paranoid that something's going to oh, fuck up. Oh, I thought you were like, what's no, he no, looking no. at? No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, just like, oh I'm my so God. sorry to break your train. I'm of so, thought. no, I'm just so bad at eye contact, dude. But, uh, no um lost lost your job lost uh, my job it's with a kid it's a lot so yeah like i had literally posted the whole lyrics to the song like on my instagram story like shortly after that and i just liked the way it sounded and then um the song itself i wrote like in like five minutes you know and then i just recorded it on acoustic guitar and then vocals and then i just built everything from there and then typically i always like redo my vocals but i'll just you know i'll start off with like a rough take of stuff and then just like work on it and take a bunch of shit out and whatnot and uh i like that like that again i guess I guess you can kind of deem that also more of like a, pro- I don't know, producing, songwriting. It's like writing the song, and I like that part. Like, I don't like, I don't like certain aspects of recording, but when everything is like in there, from there, I love it. Like, so it's like you enjoy the the raw thing where you're you're sort of creating it from scratch. Mm-hmm. You don't like the process of getting it on the record, but yeah. then once it is there, you enjoy the back end. Yeah, and it's usually just like the start of it that I don't enjoy because I'm I'm so fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. But even then, like adding like weird guitar noise and shit is something that I like. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, yeah. and just getting the body of it on the record, you know, it's it's becomes very evident all the mistakes you're making Mm -hmm. and it's also like it's interesting because the the microphone doesn't lie right and you may sort of be kind of tricking yourself when you're just playing when you're singing and playing an acoustic guitar you may think you hear it one way but where your ears are versus and where your mouth is and where the guitar is Sounds way different once you try to pick that up with a microphone. I know, man. Shit's crazy, dude. You have this mental idea of how it sounds, and then you get it on the record, and it's like, oh, it actually sounds like this. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's where, like, the stuff on the back end you enjoy, which compressing and EQing and, uh, um, you know, limiting and stuff like that, that's what really helps out with those things that you were hearing initially. Because essentially it's fullness is what you're seeking. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting thing about microphones is that they're not going to lie to you. No. And yeah, all I, dude, I got to send you a photo of 
my setup, dude. It's like the jankiest. <laughs> what are you re- What are you recording into? Uh, my computer. Yeah, so you don't have like an interface. No. Nope. What are you using for like a microphone? Um, it's just like this. Uh, it's like a Behringer. Um, just like a USB mic. Just a USB, USB mic. Yeah. Mic. Okay. Yeah, I really need to get like. Especially because the latency is so fucked that I don't, yeah. li- I can't listen to my vocals live while I do it. Because I also use oh, like Bluetooth yeah, yeah, yeah. headphones. So when you go to say something, the milliseconds are off. And yeah, you're gonna, yeah. So once you get into like, I think it's like thirty to forty milliseconds and up, that's when you really start hearing a difference. Oh yeah, that's the issue a lot of bands run into. That's the thing they don't think about when they go to record something and they have like a pretty decent setup. Mm-hmm. Is if you don't have industry grade um interfacing you're not going to get you're not going to get low latency monitoring right that's what the recording studios have over home studios is not only is their their recording interface better but their latency is a lot lower when monitoring back out to the band right because if you're hearing the drummer in one time and your guitar is coming back to you and it doesn't feel in time you're gonna. You're not gonna get a good take. Oh, that shit. Yeah, that. So I just record. Like when I record my vocals, I just I have the monitor off, mm-hmm. and so I just. Um, in a way, I kind of like it. I kind of like just hearing like my natural voice singing, and I usually just I, ha- I use like earbuds, dude. It's like so fucking like DIY, but it's just like easy and comfortable for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, like, my friend Juwan, you know, he's, like, how, you know, like, he can't believe, like, I do things the way I do it, but it's just, like, easy for me, you know? Sure. And And it's uh, it's working. So, yeah, like, I don't have anything on because it, like, lags so much. Yeah. So then I have to, like, when I record it, it's also, like, behind, so then I have to, like. You have to nudge it, yeah. So then it's, like, Yeah. It takes it takes a long time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, I just want to get one of these like fucking like focus right scarlet things. But like, I'm legit. Like, I'm broke as a joke, dude. Ever since I got fired, man. Like, fuck. So I'm just doing what I can with what I got, and uh, you know, we'll take it from there. Like, definitely the best response i've gotten so far with anything i've really done artistically i'd say since like the old band i was in gotta release more stuff on your birthday hey fuckers go (laughs) listen to this shit right (laughs) no i'm in all seriousness i I do think this is your best work yet and it's um sort of a proof is in the pudding sort of thing Mm. it just sounds great it feels great glad you got it i'm glad it's sort of catching you on an upswing all good things man Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to get it done with. Now that I can now that it's done, I can move on to other shit. Sure. I pretty much like anything that I do, like I'll kinda like sit on it for a week, listen to it a few times, and then I typically hate it. Mm-hmm. And then I just go on to the next thing, which is what's gonna be interesting about performing live you know we got a couple days we'll figure it out yeah i think there's some pretty cheap ways to do it i mean i had just assumed 
we'll see. <laughs> you can't exactly aux cord it. Yeah, no. It doesn't work exactly like that. I didn't th- I didn't think that that would work. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's a couple of pretty inexpensive devices okay that I'm sure some people have. Word. And or we could probably just go pick up at a store pretty cheap. Yeah, I was kind of wanting to just even go to the go to El Rocco and just yeah. kind of look at yeah, their the board. Setup. Yeah. And then the other thing, if that fails, is you could talk to local DJs because they might have a solution in mind. Oh, word. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. No, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, because they're running everything off computers. Mm-hmm. I got to ask Jacob Tatum, actually. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, shouts out Jacob, man. His dad just passed away. Oh, that's, a, that's too bad. Yeah. I'm not like crazy close with him but i want you know i wish i was i think he's i like him a lot he's a really good dude so it was sad to hear about that yeah that's so yeah if he gets uh if you ever listen to this jacob i'm sorry man and uh al and i love you very much and i wish we uh all would hang out more Especially now that we're all vaccinated and shit. <laughs> also super sick. What's that? I love being vaccinated, man. Yeah? Yeah. Did you do the two-shotter? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. At the Walmart, man. You know. In and out. Mm-hmm. So funny. I just... I thought it was going to be like a total shit show, but... Mm-hmm. It was so easy. Yeah. And I hear a lot of other states are having like insane amounts of trouble with yeah. this kind of shit. And I'm like, wow, Georgia of all places. <laughs> <laughs> like, Al and I were kind of like doing research on places, uh, like the best states to live in if you're like under the poverty line or you yeah, know, just yeah. poor as fuck, basically. And uh, Georgia was worst on the list. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. The worst state to live in if you're poor. Vermont was number one. I could see that. Because they like kind of, it was multiple factors, you know. It's pretty, pretty socialized. Like, they, yeah. It's one of those northern states. So, I mean, yeah, Bernie, any, you know. Well, and anything with I feel like a really severe winter really brings people together mm. because you have to look out for each other. It's a little bit more of a of a community kind of based thing because you've right. got that monster of a winter to worry about. That's how it was in Montana. Oh, yeah. It's people I mean it's very rural and the winters are real rough, so people really do have like a camaraderie. Oh, my friend Graham just um He's actually just coming back from Montana. He, his birthday's on the 23rd. He's like... Oh, okay, cool. Very, very, like... One of my, like, very, very best friends. Hell yeah. And, uh... Yeah, he just, like, took this trip, and he's been sending me photos, like... But he's just, like, one of the most creative, artistic people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. It's eleven eleven. Oh, yeah, my God, dude. that's so cute with all the candles lit. Make a wish. Graham, <laughs> I hope, can I, can I call Graham? Fuck yeah, dude. I just want him to say something funny. I'll tell him he's on a podcast. Actually, Georgia's a single party, 
a consent state to record, so you don't even have to tell them technically. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You can oh. tell them, I'm just kidding. He doesn't like being put on the spot. Dude, I'll straight up, like, FaceTime my friend. He probably won't Just answer. out of nowhere. That's such an aggressive move. That is aggressive. Yeah, dude. I don't think he's going to pick up. Anyway, maybe, maybe he'll call back. Shouts out Graham. Shouts out Silky Swans. Um, yeah, incredible painter, and he's actually working on um, art for a like a single of mine. Very cool. So, do you know where he went in Montana? Uh, no. <laughs> the big state. Yeah, I think he, it's the um, fourth largest. Let's see. No, I don't. Let's see. I don't know. He the places he mentioned were like Yellowstone, Jackson Hole, the Tetons, Tetons. Oh, so he was down in Wyoming and Idaho. Yeah, he was like driving all over the place. Yeah. But yeah. he he like I think he like flew into Montana okay. and then like took a rental car and drove yeah, yeah, yeah. like out the rest of the way. Yeah. And then is like gonna drive back and then fly back. Cool. Yeah. So Shouts out Graham. Love that guy. Silky Swans. And then his he, brother. What'd you say? Oh, I, I hope he calls back. That would be so great. His brother Matt um was also like um like a pro, like professional like freelance audio engineer. Oh cool. And so he yeah, he mixed one of my songs for me and uh yeah, they're both hella cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. They from here? No, I, I both met them in uh Huntsville, oh, but okay. Matthew Graham's still at, like out there, kind of like out in the boonies outside of Huntsville, and then Matthew's um like in the Atlanta area. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's so weird how I don't know, like artistic people. I guess it's like. Sometimes I feel like people who are outside of art, I'm like, what kind of people do they gravitate towards, you know? Like, people who aren't artistic is usually just, like, co-workers. And artists. Because it's like... <laughs> I always just think about how I'm just... I have so many talented people, like, around me, you know? Yeah. And some are, like, so talented and don't see it, you know? Here's the thing that people outside of maybe like artistic communities in the sense that they don't necessarily interact with the community. They interact with the works. Yeah. Constantly. Right. Whether they're watching YouTube videos or, uh, you know, listening to music or enjoying looking at, you know, virtual galleries. Yeah. That's what they do. I mean, they, that's the, that's the, one of the interesting things I was thinking about before you showed up is, Artists are one of the only, it's one of the only professions that you, you work for free and then you, your impact is pretty, um, what's the, unappreciated. Mm. 
you know, out, it's it's interesting. It's like you know, musicians who make music for musicians, they never get maybe the the praise they would if they did something a little bit more mainstream, right? In the same way, artists really don't get a lot of praise from the people consuming it all the time, right? No, they don't. It's yeah, I feel like it's a lot harder to like take take a good bit of time to like sit down and appreciate things, you know. True. Life just life just goes by so fast. When a lot of the 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 mediums that are most popular now can be consumed pretty passively, and I think that that's what a lot of people that's how they consume their media or their art, if you will. So they're watching a movie. They're not thinking about it too much. They just want to see something and they want a good story and they want something that looks pretty and with their music, they just want something that sounds good. <coughs> they don't yeah. want to think about it too much. No, I mean, <coughs> for sure. Like you even see that with how <coughs> short songs are nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. which I've never had an issue with coming from punk music, you know. Sure. But I also enjoy I enjoy like operas and prog music, you know, and yeah. shit that goes on for like 13 minutes, but I mean, it's like the amount of people who I hear who you know, a movie's 3 hours long and they're like, "Oh my god, like where would I get the time?" 3 hours. Yeah. Why do you want to watch that? And, yeah, and I see it, I mean, even amongst my peers and, like, people in my life that, yeah, if it's ADD, ADHD, or just, yeah, just have a short attention, you know, it's just whatever's going on, and even myself included, like, just, oh, that was a, oh. Artist might actually. Oh, that burp tasted so... (laughs) It like went into my nose a little bit. Dude, I sneezed the other night eating jalapeno chips and it went into oh, my sinuses. <laughs> man, that's brutal, dude. S- what, Fuck uh, that. You know, art artists might be the worst at appreciating art, actually, now that I think about it. Fucking sometimes, A, dude. Sometimes. Sometimes for sure. They just want to, like, oh, it's not mine, so I don't like it. No, I know. Or like... Or again, it's like how you're saying where you got to remind people sometimes or yeah. you're literally just at work and I don't text my friends like, hey, I'm about to put this album out. You want to hear it? I just put it up on social media. So sometimes you're at work and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll go listen to that later. And right. then whatever happens and you forget about it. And Three minutes song. Who has time for that? Right. And like, <laughs> no. oh, I'll listen to this when I get home tonight. Yeah. And then you forget or... You're too tired and and then it's like ideally the way I would want my music to be listened to is like on a decent sound system. So then I I would rather people wait than just like trying to listen to it on their fucking phones or something. Because then they don't they don't and that's another thing about music is people will judge judge it based off that. Yep. Like I'm like, dude, that's you can't listen to it songs that way man you get nothing out of that like and then it makes me feel like it's it's almost like insulting especially when like i feel for the engineers and shit who spend all this time like listening to your fucking especially if they're engineering your music and it's not theirs and they have to listen to your shit 
over and over and over and over again and like tweak this tweak that like check the mix in the car check the mix on a, a phone check the mix on the laptop yeah. speakers check the mix on an actual sound system which is exactly what I did with all this man that's how you do it but like yeah I don't like uh, Travis Scott Have are you familiar with Travis mm-hmm. Scott yeah he, he he's all about the car test man like yep. straight you know and I was like yeah dude like if you listen to you in your car and it's not like banging or yeah. however you want it to sound, yeah. it's not ready, man. Yeah. I listen to mine in like multiple cars. Yeah. Like what's the difference here? Good idea. Yeah. I've got a big Sprinter van out back mm-hmm. and it's it's odd because so it's, it's it's a cargo van essentially, so it's the front cab and then you just have this big old open air, not open air, but this big old cargo container thing behind you oh wow so the speaker system is really odd because it's all in the front and it sounds really kind of i wouldn't say harsh but kind of crispy because the speakers are right in front of the windshield and there's no bass or anything behind you or next to you so it's an odd mix oh, it's wow. not like my truck where if i get in my truck that's a baller sound system yeah and i've got the speakers in the fucking handles right to get to get into the rig like it's a very well thought out design oh nice and dude. there it was like they're just like well sh- it's almost the equivalent of like a mono speaker kind of thing they're right like, they, how oh. do you how do you sound design for a giant empty uh <sighs> fuselage you know <laughs> you don't No, that's what It'd be like it'd be like if you got into an airplane and to listen to the movie, you all you had was the two speakers up near the pilots. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's exactly what that's like. Yeah, I mean, I like <clears throat> just I don't know. I like listening. If I'm listening to music, if I have to listen to the music off my phone, I like I'll just listen to like acoustic or like yeah. If I'm doing that, I'm I'm essentially just trying to figure out lyrics and melody, mm-hmm. and then I I'll give the song a better li- a, a, something better to listen on. Even I mean, just shit. Even just that uh, the AirPods or the headphones, yeah. it's a whole different dimension. Oh yeah, I have like the noise reducing like earbuds. Yeah. that make you literally go deaf. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I just like. <laughs> I'll crank it all the way up, just like damn, dude, blasting. Just put on some converge, fucking just... tinnitus, <laughs> just out the ass, dude. Yeah, I, I do worry about that for real. I'm so bad at like hearing sometimes. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I oh. get it because I I should really take really good care of my ears. I have a very interesting. I don't know the word for it. Maybe register. Because so like you know chefs and stuff they have like a really good palate like uh-huh. that's their thing. My ears in the same way are really interesting because I went to so many dubstep shows without protection. So my bass oh, register is wow. fucked. Right. Like I don't hear bass the same way that people do. Same. And it's 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 something that I should take note of and stop listening to music so loud, especially if I want to pursue the 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 general sort of career path that I want to take. <laughs> I should probably protect my ears, but every once in a while I'm just like, mm, fuck it. Dude, and turn I up the volume. Hate, I don't see how people do it, man. Especially bands wearing earbuds. Yeah. I don't get it. Ugh. Especially in heavy music, man. Yeah, like yeah. I've tried it and I'm like, how do you even like get you can't like feel it whatsoever with that shit, we, man. We we were playing with this band at El Rocco. They won't be named. They were they were great. 
they're from New York, so they had a little bit more of a like a like a, a, a sweeter little setup, and they all had in ear monitors, and I, they're heavier. And I I just remember like, who the f- what are you breaking, Benjamin? What the fuck? Like, oh, you god. don't need this. You're in. Oh my you're, god. You're in this tiny little bar. Which, I mean, El Rock is spacious, but I was like, you don't need in ear monitors. This isn't Madison Square Garden. Right. No, I know. <laughs> that's that's one of the most bizarre things about touring too is how like depending on what your band is you're you kind of have to book differently based upon like the regions you're touring you know where you may be like huge playing like like a like ballroom type you know those kind like indie like 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 between like arenas and like smaller like bar type venues like so it's like one city you'll be playing this like amazing venue and then you know you go to the fucking south somewhere and you're in like the side stage of a sports bar exactly like four (laughs) people watching you sounds like a fucking nightmare and then you sell out in like brooklyn yeah i've i've seen shows where they've literally dragged a trailer taking it off the truck and then that's where the band had to play. <laughs> yeah, like a like uh, a like a semi flatbed. I'm just like, dude, fu- like <laughs> I don't give a fuck about stages, man. Like again, I I was in bands where like we would n- not play on the stage and play just on the floor right in front of the stage cuz then your shows are like way more lit especially in like hardcore and punk and then like everyone's able to like get involved and get crazy you know like i like i don't know sometimes i just feel so awkward like standing there kind of like above everyone and i like worry about like my fucking just like stinky fucking like dick just sitting <laughs> like like that's like where everyone's like head is meeting me there and i'm like fuck dude like i don't like i didn't wash my jeans in like six months like they they just reek of just like old fucking leaky fucking piss because like (laughs) i don't take care of my prostate enough and i I just like don't shake enough when i pee and then like that's all like they remember about the show is like they're like it just smelled like pee the whole time like it's (laughs) like what was that guy called garlic yeah no so I'm like, even at this show, man, maybe I'll just stand on the fucking floor with everyone. Anyways. Doable. I mean, I, yeah, we got to figure you, this you, out, dude. Will you pose or not? Come on. Because I want to, oh, man. Yeah. I want to make, <laughs> this to me is like the most important show of my life. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like my first show. I'm not that well-known, like... By my music here, or in general, kind of, I don't know. Um, I don't even, like, you know, there's certain, fr- it's just bizarre when, like, again, like the last thing we talked about, people I barely know, like, do more to, like, rep my music and, like, post shit about it than people I've known, like, the whole time I've lived here. Yeah, no, I get that. <clears throat> it's weird, and I'm, so, I'm like... If those people show up, you know, or even if they don't, like, I got to make sure that this show that I do is just, like, just really good, you know? 
otherwise it'll just be hard to be like taken seriously especially as like a solo act you know where it's just like me rather than if you're in a band <clears throat> and something happens you have the opportunity to like blame a band member on like a bad show or whatever but if you're by yourself it's just you and anything that goes wrong even if it's the sound guy doing something or whatever, it's still inevitably going to land on you. And then people are going to be like, oh, his show wasn't that good, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like the friends who, because it's like I even know people that I've known for a long time have probably never listened to a single song of mine. And so <clears throat> if they were to come to that show or hear about this show, you know, it would just be like, I wouldn't be taken seriously, which I feel like would make it hard for me to get like booked again or because people are just so it. I don't know. It's just like the live show. It's like the final frontier of like just like showing people what you're about, you know, it's the acid test and it's like the world I came from, like your life, your life shows everything, you know, that's what you do everything for is the, for the live shows. So it's like, I got to kill it, man. For a my just for mindfulness sake, how do you feel like you rise to pressure and, uh, the occasion? It's like really intense procrastination followed by this just like burst of like, energy and completion yeah do you feel like you're you're good at it yeah at this point in my life good that's just how art's always been for me man yeah it comes from like a place of misery and then like i do something with that misery and then i sit on it and then sometimes i revisit it and i just feel miserable again and then i just ignore it and avoid it and then finally i'm like i have to like get rid of you know i have to purge this so that's what like this ep was like it came from that first song chasing ghosts is just about wanting to just disappear you know just like just not be there not exist you know and not necessarily in this it comes from depression, but I find like beauty in in the idea of not existing, you know, in the sense of just feeling legitimate, true, absolute nothingness, you know, just literally just nothing. And that's such a it's something I've romanticized, I think, because just for whatever's happened to me in my life, like suicidal thoughts have always kind of been a thing that's been there and I've I've tried killing myself and kind of learned from that and and came away from that realizing that there's just the way I want to experience finally having that experience of nothingness needs to come from a place of happiness and completion rather than um uh immense sorrow or anger sometimes a lot of that comes from anger and like self-hatred towards myself so the song was more so kind of addressing more of just like just like like floating in space you know 
I don't know if you've ever been in like a sensory deprivation chamber. Mm, I really want to. They had uh, one here. It was called Remedy Float, but it closed down because um, of COVID. But uh, I did that, and um, it was such a like a gratifying experience. You know, um, they have one in Hinesville. Actually, I went. Oh, out, okay. We went out to this Isolas. Shout out Isolas Fire Ass Country Buffet in Hinesville, Georgia. Um, it's in this like little shitty shopping plaza and they have one of those float chamber places there and it's like nice as fuck like dude gave us a little tour i'll send you the info man yeah you should really um i don't know how sam feels about that kind of i know like from what i've talked with her about she likes and has interest in certain things we won't we won't rat (laughs) sam out (laughs) sure sam's straight edge as always has been yep and uh I think y'all both would maybe get something out of it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. But, uh, yeah, so I, yeah, so I don't know, man. I just, yeah, it's all about, like, being really upset usually about something, and then I just, I I do something with it, and then I purge it, and um, I definitely feel like, I came from the most honest place I've come from with these songs. I was super self-conscious about some, especially that last song, dude, the just like straight up like crooning shit I was doing. So self-conscious about it. But I was like, fuck it, man. That's that's what I want to do on the song, man. And so far the response has been the best it's been. And my friend Nolan... Uh, Vatican, they're in New Jersey recording right now. Shouts out Vatican, shouts out um, Tom, Nolan, uh, Hosean, Hosean. I always pronounce his name wrong. I'm such a dick. Shouts out all those guys. Um, shouts out Espionage VR, um, Giant Size VR, Restricted VR, Vatican VR. Like, if you live in Savannah and you're not aware of Vatican, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, that band's sick as fuck. So go fuck yourself. I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, but uh, he, so Nolan was just like, yeah, we were talking. And yeah, he just put a lot of good things into perspective for me, you know, with with just saying how anything like with his band and other people he knows when they just do the most honest, like right thing for themselves. That's when the blessings start to come, you know? Yeah. These like one of the corniest words of all time. Blessings. It's it's a good word though. Came to you. Yeah, man. I think it's like growing up being a Christian. Yeah, sure. Says like a negative kind of. Yeah, I can't. I gotta reject it all. But no, right? No, dude. I remember. Can't can't say miracles. Can't say save. When I went to like my like huge like atheist like Richard Dawkins like reading (laughs) phase, I'd I'd be like, you can't say bless you to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's it's a real cool Christian. It's a real cool attitude to have for sure. What a loser. Oh, I wish I could beat my like younger self. I've up thought all about the it time. so many times. Like, I wish I could kick that guy. I think, fucking I think ass, of dude. specific moments that I just want to somehow time warp back to and just hit myself in the mouth as hard dude, as I fucking can. Just beat, yeah, it's crazy. Just like stupid, creepy, weird, dumb. Sh- I'm just like, you, ugh, 
Yeah, you get those thoughts. It's a it's a Bill yeah. Burr joke, but you get those thoughts that you have to like shake off, like physically. You like you're just in the shower and you're just like, oh oh like yeah, why did I like, do that? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> you just like like. What I like to do is I like to go outside to like the side of my house and then like I'll go I'll stand like like 13, 14 feet away from it and then just like break into a sprint and just run into the side of the wall as hard as I can. I don't really actually do that, mm, but mm. I feel like I should start doing that because okay, I, I, d- I deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I owe that to myself. That's you what know? you get. That's what you get when you go to Hades. <laughs> yeah. You got you got Tantalus and you got Sisyphus. You got uh, uh, is it Sisyphus? Si- oh man, I should know. The, rolls, I, yeah, it's I Sisyphus. used to take Latin and when then, I was uh, in like. Oh really? School. I took I took Latin too. <laughs> Eight years. Really? Don't know a fucking word, dude. All I can do is go Sawe, mihi nomen est Stefan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that worked. I th- I got it. Oh, I remember Latin, <laughs> right? You know Latin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dominus. The, yeah, so it's gonna be Sisyphus Maximus. and Tantalus, and then you just running into a wall over and over again. Yeah. I I would love that. No, I <laughs> there's like where I lived in Huntsville. There's this mall called Madison Square Mall. I, you could probably compare it to the. Uh, is it Savannah Mall here that's the shitty? It's not, or is it Oglethorpe Mall? Oglethorpe's the closer one. Savannah Mall's the bigger one that has like the Bass Pro and the Target. But it's like really shitty. There's not a lot between the two stores. So yeah, so Madison Square Mall was kind of the same way, but worse. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have a Target or anything, you know? Yeah, no anchor store. And you would just literally see like people just walking around. Even my friends, you know, we just walk around the mall. But we, you would never buy anything. Yeah, 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 and I just noticed that, and I was like, "This is purgatory." Yeah, you just yeah, walk yeah, yeah, around this yeah. mall yeah, for all eternity. Can't buy anything. Can't buy. Wouldn't a even thing. if you could. You have no money <laughs> forever. There was this in the Savannah Mall back in the day. I had a I had a girlfriend that went to Country Day, which is out in that area, and we would hang out at the mall after school before I took her home. Classic. And there was this amazing pizza place under the escalators oh you could get you could get like four slices of pizza and two sodas for like three dollars oh fuck it yeah. was four high schoolers like for sure yeah like, there was nobody else there were marketing Dude, to. i love mall chinese food mm-hmm. it's like my favorite cuisine hell yeah because it is i feel like it's its own cuisine yeah yeah because you can't if you go to like a chinese takeout you can't get like the that weird like grilled like the bourbon chicken like that yeah. sweet yeah, like yeah, yeah. chicken with just fucking fried rice it's something about the area too it's like all the the crazy chemicals they use to clean the mall kind of get in there too and oh yeah it just really really sort of <laughs> it improves the flavor that's what we in the culinary industry call umami <laughs> <laughs> yeah aka fabuloso just like mm. all Fabulosa has uh, way better flavors. <laughs> that <laughs> shit's got, delicious. It's got dude. a better assortment. Fabuloso is so delicious. I wish it wouldn't make me sick every time I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like um, almost like a oh my god, what's the guy's name? The one liner. He's dead. Oh, um, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, 
I feel like that's something he would sort of say. Maybe Stephen Wright would say something yeah, yeah, more yeah. like that. I drank, I drank Fabuloso the other day. <laughs> I, I don't feel so fabulous. I'm stupid. Like I don't that, feel yeah. so fabulous. Oh, I yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I drank some cleaner the other day. Yeah. Every We're time joke I drink. Writing. I know, man. This is the process. I love You just yeah. throw stupid shit against the wall until something sticks. I I wanted to be a stand up comedian so bad. Dude, Still come do. Be a, come be a stand up comedian with but me. I try. I did like one open mic, and the response was so terrible that I just have never tried since. Part of it. That's the ride, baby. It was like utter, just utter silence. You I know, had a, I had a pretty rough set Thursday, and it wasn't like I honestly would rather get no reaction than like a couple of chuckles through the whole thing. I would rather them. Ju- I would rather them boo me. I didn't do horrible, but it was definitely the worst. I've had since going back to it. Do you know Neil Hamburger? Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> do you do you ever watch like Tim and Eric? Sometimes. He's on it sometimes and his whole thing is like these like like non sequiturs and like that end like just really like harsh and not funny at all. Okay. <laughs> but that's his whole like shtick. It's okay, like yeah, yeah. Just, just awful just landing line. Really fucking mean and not funny. <laughs> like that it's so funny, dude. I, ha- like, I have to check that out. And he, he also did like really good uh prank calls. Okay. I love like Longmont Potion Castle. Do you know like, Mm-mm. dude? You should look up that Longmont Potion Castle. Okay, like on YouTube. I love prank calls, dude. Hell I yeah, I hate yeah. that we have cell phones for the fact that yeah. you can't do like prank calls. Yeah, now, dude. no more crank yankers. No more. So yeah. funny, dude. Oh, <sighs> do you um do you watch YMH Your Mom's House uh-uh. podcast? So it's Tom Zagura and his wife Christina Pajitsky. They're two stand up okay. comedians. But they, there's a there's a fan of theirs that submits crank calls where he uses voices from so basically the show is they watch <laughs> crazy internet content. Okay. So this guy will take crazy clips from the show, put them on a soundboard, and then crank call people. Okay. It's it's awesome. His name's Fart Simpson. Oh, okay. He's so good. So he'll like you know he'll have somebody on the phone. And he'll be like, you know, he's like, oh, my balls hurt today. And this poor person in an auto zone has to be like, oh, okay, I'm, like, can I? It's, 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 and it's even better than that because he, he works these premises in so well. Okay. And if you know the show and you know the content, like who it was saying these crazy things, it just adds this another level to the prank call. Okay. Because you know he's manipulating with a soundboard and he's called a specific business because he knows he can get these lines to work and Dude, it's legit. I need to see cuz so I have seen uh, I have seen clips from that because yeah. I really like uh like Bobby Lee and Tiger yes, Belly. Yes. Yes. And then uh what's the one he does with Andrew Santino? Uh, Worst friends? Dude. So yeah. funny. Or bad the, friends? The one that like like that little Back and forth between them and uh, who's the guy with the mullet? Who's Theo Vaughn, Theo Vaughn and the yeah. like the meathead dude or whatever? I always forget his name. Oh, uh, like Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub. Yeah, the King in the Sting. They have like a back and forth, yeah, but yeah, dude, yeah. I think Bobby Lee is like one of the funniest He's people ever. So dude. funny. Like him and Kalila too on Tiger Belly. Their yeah. their fucking chemistry just yeah, yeah. it cracks, dude. Yeah. 
And that's somebody who's lived a wild life, Bobby Lee. Dude, right? He's talking about. I was listening Fucking to his story TV. one time. Dude. It's so well, not crazy. Even, like even his early days, because he was a, uh, um, you know, he's growing up, and his parents were immigrants, and he just sort of had free reign. And he was like smoking crystal meth in this lady's house when he was like twelve. Right. And, like, yeah, he like he, lost his virginity when he was super young. He and, went to like rehab when he was like in yeah. high school. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he's he's led a really interesting life. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, because I remember on the kid in the fighter, he like, <laughs> he basically is just like, I, oh my god, he starts talking about how he was like molested, but yeah. He keeps starting with like I was molested by a person with Down syndrome, and every time he yeah. says it, those two guys just start yeah. laughing. Yeah. But then it turns into this whole like scenario where he's just like starts losing it on them for a la- lot. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Just the comedy behind yeah. it all, <laughs> just taking something that's so dark and fucked up. Yeah, and then like I love when. I don't know. I just love when people take like comedy and you think they're going to go one way with it, but then instead it's just a total twist yeah. that's even funnier. It's perfect. Him comedy. getting pissed off at them about laughing at him for saying that rather than the I feel like the initial humor would come from the uncomfortable cringiness behind him right. saying something. Right. But instead the real humor is him like just like losing his shit on them. But at the know? same time he's enjoying that they're laughing because he can lose exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. I love it's like I mean it's it's like improv. I love improv, man. I used to do so much improv. I need to get back into some like acting and theater shit. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my minor when I was in college. Really? Yeah, I was like three years in with a English major and theater minor. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you finish? No. Oh, yeah. I went to culinary I've, school uh, instead. Hey, man. Don't knock it. Yeah. I like food. <laughs> I does like it food. does it suck that like you get more appreciation as a chef than you do as an artist? Because I get more yeah. appreciation as a warehouse manager than I do as an artist. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's crazy what. Yeah, I think when you're working for people, you know. I think it's. I think. I think it has to do with the fact that art doesn't have like direct utility. You know what I mean? Like the art that this person made didn't change your tire, and right. it didn't heat up your bathtub, but you, your life got a little bit better for a second. <laughs> And I think you almost like <coughs> narcissistically internalize it as like. <coughs> now I'm saying like because I'm thinking, but no, I know. I right? think I feel like people internalize it narcissistically, and they think, "Oh, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this because I'm smart enough to." Yeah. Instead of like, I enjoy the fact that this artist presented me with this amazing idea or whatever. No, you're fill right. in the blank. But I mean, I feel like it's also because we haven't, we're not on any kind of like level really musically that that stuff would start happening once you entered like the actual music industry, you know, like say you're on a label and then there are all those people like that, you know, like the guy who delivers the boxes of merch to the blah 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 you know mm-hmm. or things like or the intern who depend you know if you're like what LA Reed or some shit like mm-hmm. there's definitely and that's like the hardest part about 
art is what you're willing to compromise in order to participate in like commerce of any sort. Mm. I figured out I figured out my compromise. <coughs> what? Zero. Zero? Yeah. I I just, I've I for a couple months there all I did was look at I looked into what it means to enter the industry on whether you're like fully committing to a label or you're like sort of independently committing to a label or just, I looked at all the possibilities and just read as much as I could. I looked into pros and cons from people who had been in the industry from, uh, you know, label exec sides to band sides. I looked at everything and I just realized I was like, this is not my world. Yeah. I have zero interest. I I would rather die broke, penniless, unremembered than get involved with any sort of label or um, anything along those lines. Because so somebody like um, uh, why can't I think of his name? Chance the rapper. Mm-hmm. He's technically independent, but he's like sponsored by like corporations oh. and stuff. Yeah. So like it's a, it's oh. sort of like a it's yeah you're not signed to a label, but you have <sighs> financial backing. Yeah, I don't. It's so bizarre with Chance the Rapper to me because I that acid rap tape was something that I listened to a lot of, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it just some, it just kind of seems like with what he does now, it kind of like contradicts that that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I did like Coloring Book though. He's gone like major corporate, you know. Sure. Yeah. No coloring. Yeah. No, I agree. His music's good, but then it's like. I don't know. He's just doing like really like big like cookie cutter kind of like corporate shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like if you want to get that money, by all means get that money, but it does make me kind of like wonder what kind of a person you are at the end of the day, you know? Because mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Being rich sounds so awesome and great, but when like you think of like being a billionaire or a trillionaire or even like a multimillionaire trying to conceptualize something like that just is something that just really is nearly impossible for me to do that when i think of people who are like that that they essentially have so much money that they legitimately don't know what to do with it that that's when you start really like you can kind of start really um i feel like becoming like a truly like frivolous like selfish human being sure. you know well and and it's something interesting to note is they're probably all on antidepressants too yeah just for different reasons right cuz <laughs> yeah it's it's like think about being a billionaire you could give someone 10 million dollars that would change their life so drastically that like they would be considered like very rich that wouldn't be shit for you to give to them mhm yeah what's that like like it's so hard like was that 1% you hear the word billion or trillion it's like oh that's this many millions but then when you actually like when i've sat down and have actually like looked at 
the actual numbers being laid out. The word versus the number, it just it's like the way you take it in is so different for some reason, you know? Because you're hearing one and you're hearing one. Right. You're no, like, you're right. You're like, and then can, even if you look at it numerically, you're like, oh, it's three more zeros. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like a lot. Or what it, but f- then you, yeah, three more zeros. But then you just, oh, yeah. That I'm like, $10 million, that's so much money. Yeah. You could and almost get a, you could almost get a condo in New York City. <laughs> hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. Insane. Jeff Bezos made 70 billion dollars during the pandemic. I know. I contributed to that. Sure, I bought shit yeah. off Amazon. Sure. And they like the you know their tax the, their their taxes are essentially non-existent. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, it is really crazy, man. How do you how would you feel about taking a pee break and coming back? I love peeing. You like peeing? I love your I've got meeting. more I've got more beer. Should we do should we pee and then get more beer? Pee and then maybe like one more beer. Gotcha. What time is it? Eleven fifty two bet bet. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, we're good. Fuck yeah. We're good. Yeah. I told I would be late. Pause. <laughs> and we're back. Welcome. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> <coughs> so <coughs> I love um <coughs> my grandma uh well I do love my grandma but this is <laughs> like I love like um old like radio shows from like the 30s and 40s like my, little orphan annie and like uh so there's one i really like it's called inner sanctum mysteries and it's Ooh. just like serials it'll be like different different people like guest stars and actors and they're all like kind of like horror or mystery but okay yeah my grandma like my my grandpa gave my dad like this computer he had because my grandpa knows a lot about computers, which is kind of weird because he's old, but loves computers. And uh, <coughs> yeah, he gave one to us, and they had like some <coughs> some kind of fucking music player on there, and just had like all this music that my grandma had like gotten from like LimeWire or some shit. And uh, she had all these old like mystery shows on there. So it's like when I was like, I was trying to be like, because the guy would be like, welcome to Inner Sanctum Mysteries. And then they would have like the sound effects of like, but it would be like people like footsteps and like squeaky doors. And And that's the thing. It would start off with this creaking door. But sometimes that shit would go on for like 20 seconds. Just like, like forever dude well we paid the sound effects guy so we're gonna get our money's worth but i also loved hearing like the commercials that would go in between sponsored by ovaltine yeah that (laughs) the the one that was always on that one was lipton tea yeah okay yeah 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 Yeah. shit's weird dude i love it i i wish i don't know it would have been nice like kind of growing up and seeing some of that kind of stuff when everyone would run to like the radio mm-hmm. in the evening, yeah. you know, and then you just use your imagination. It's dinner time. 
Let's go listen to Orson Welles recite War of the Worlds, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the last, like the last bastion of art that required you to use your imagination. Because that's essentially what we do when we read books is we, we sort of hallucinate. Right. A little bit. We're completely like our eyes are seeing the word, <coughs> but our mind's eye is putting everything into perspective. I love, we yeah. see the town, we see the people, we see the, uh, you know, we we know the smell, we hear the traffic, whatever. And the same thing with the the radio a little bit, like you know it's only a couple of people on the other end, but your mind is filling in the blanks. Mm-hmm. So you may only hear six sound effects in the episode, but you've been told an entire story that's up here. Right. What your mind says is not what those people look like or what everything should sound like or it's your mind is creating the story. That's what we did for from then to the beginning back to the beginning of human civilization when we were telling each other stories. It's our minds were putting the pieces together and right. now you go see the newest Avengers movie and I know that's just a classic example, but you're be you're being shown everything you need to know. And that's what's weird is right. that that I think that's why we have a passive consumption of art and media now. No, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. Like, I don't read at all anymore, man. And I get like, I get so sad about it because there's not really any super legitimate reason besides that. I just don't. And I'm just lazy you know and i would just rather watch tv or be on my phone well and it's i I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's just an undeniable quality to visual to digital visual media (laughs) and it's also i mean so it's essentially like do you want to go and so reading is like subsisting off the land yeah digital media is like fast food no, you're right, dude. In terms of what it takes to consume it. God, man. You know, when you put it like that, fuck. I'm so glad I got back into reading, but it's hard. Yeah, man. I, I, what I, I st- loved reading, dude. I used to read so much. I started with, what really helped me is I started with a book that I've read before that I know I could read again pretty effectively. So I read Fight Club because it's one it's of my favorite. Book. Yeah. And then I wrote, I read a book that I, I've read before, but I think I only got a little bit. I didn't get all the way through it. It's still pretty short. I read Slaughterhouse Five, and then by Kurt Vonnegut. Love, and yeah, then, no, I love Vonnegut. Oh. And now I've, I've for whatever reason graduated to the Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. Yeah, I've got. Why did I do this? I have no idea, but it's been, it's been so beneficial. I've got so much of his, like, because I'll still keep buying books. I yeah. buy books all the time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I yeah. never read You're them. Like, this is the one. And this is like, the one that's going to get I'm me I'm like, back am in. I a fucking hoarder, dude? Like, because <laughs> I keep buying. I haven't read books in, like, years. I have books that I bought almost 10 years ago that I haven't read. Like, dozens of them. Yeah. Not, like, dude... I, I, man, I used to steal so much shit, dude. Oh my god, dude. Book like bookstores, like I won't name any names, but chain bookstores. 
I used to steal from those places so much. <laughs> and I looked at it in retrospect. I'm like, how fucking weird like that I'm engaging in this like sketchy criminal behavior, but it's for books for yeah. me to have for my own leisure yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I haven't read. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I got hella Dostoyevsky. I've got like notes from the underground and all these fucking books that like Crime of his that I just never read. The last book I started reading and like got a little bit through was uh, Journey to the End of the Night by Celine. He's a French writer. Yeah. Super just misanthropic. The whole book is just about him like being a doctor and like traveling around the world and how everything just kind of like confirms how much like he hates people. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like him, I really like like him and Sartre. Sartre, how do you John Paul Sartre, the philosopher S A R T R E? You know him. It's not coming to me. He's also like kind of like this. Sharp. I know. I know. Shart, no, 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 no. I know. There's somebody named. Shart. Let's call him Shart. No, 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 no. no. I know. There's it. there's somebody named Shart. Even if it, even if it's not him. Yeah, we'll just call him. I'm just going to call now. him Shart. Jean Paul Shart because he shits on everything. He sharts on everything. There you go. He's got this book called Nausea. That's where he's throwing up on everything. I mean, close. It's like, <laughs> so he was more like a philosopher, but he wrote this book that's like fictional in a way. And it's like basically about this guy who just like, as time goes on, the more he's around like people in these situations, it just like makes him more and more like physically ill. Like it's just, Really happy. Stuff. I love miserable. <laughs> I just love sad ass shit, dude. Yeah, I can watch Simon Birch on repeat, man. <laughs> I just yeah. want to, just want to cry. Yeah, just want to watch a little dwarf boy save a bunch of little kids and <laughs> from drowning. Jesus, and then he dies instead. But that's okay because that was his destiny all along. He said it the whole entire movie. What Killed this, his best friend's mo mom with a baseball. What is this movie? What the fuck is happening? Dude, okay. I thought we were talking about philosophy. So all of a sudden, a small person is killing people dude, with a baseball. Oh, oh my god, you have to watch it. It's called Simon Birch, and I've, it Bir came out Birch like like the tree. B i yeah, B i r c h, and it's like it's like this late '90s kind of movie, and it has like Ashley Judd and Jim Carrey's in it very briefly, playing the grown version of the narrator. <laughs> Who's this boy named Joe, mm -hmm. whose best friend is Simon, who's has like dwarfism mm -hmm. and is very small, like some kind of birth defect thing that occurred. And it's not just like he has like physical problems from it too, like br has like trouble breathing and stuff. And like his parents, and it's set in the 50s. Okay. And his parents are just like, pieces like miserable pieces of shit like don't care about him like don't really acknowledge him as a human being but his best friend joe and joe's mom who's ashley judd and she's like the like the hot like but she's a single mom but she has her shit together and everyone loves her you know and all this shit so she's like so sweet to simon like loves simon 
so there's this whole religious like Catholicism thing behind the whole movie too, and they're all like go to church together and all this shit all the time. So Simon constantly talks about how like you know God made him small to because God has a special plan for him one day. He's like God's instrument. And everyone's like, oh my God, you always say this and all this shit. So then they're playing like baseball, you know, just just as the boys do when it comes baseball season, you know. And Simon like finally like hits a ball. This tiny, this boy's like this fucking tall, like hits a ball out of the park. And lo and behold, what does it do? Kills the one woman who always loved him, Joe's mom. And so, like, they're still best friends after that. But he kills his best friend's mom from hitting, like... How do you stay friends with that guy? Hitting the ball out of the park. I mean, you know he didn't mean Dude, to, but... you. Oh, my God. But, yeah, he they're, like, on a winter trip and... <laughs> Like they're all on a school bus and the school bus drives off like a bridge and goes in the water and then they're all drowning. And so Simon saves like all these little kids because they're like the counselors. But then Simon dies in the hospital and it's so sad. <laughs> but it's really good. No, it's not. It's not a good uh, movie. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time. I feel like it probably wouldn't be that good watching it now, but it might be. It's like kind of raunchy. It's weird. Huh? Like Simon's kind of a creep. Really? Yeah. There's like a scene where they're like, (laughs) they're doing like a Christmas play and he just goes, he sees this girl and her breasts are like in his face and he just goes like screams boobies and just goes for, just tries to squeeze her boobs. The little dwarf boy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, he saved all these kids, but he's also <clears throat> kind of rapey. Yeah. So maybe God's plan was to kill him off before yeah, he became before, like a yeah, full-grown yeah, rapist, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus Christ. <sighs> what were we talking about? Art. We're in it, man. Art is misery. Oh, yeah, yeah we've crossed the dimensional spectrum. Fuck yeah. 1211. We're in it. Thunderbolt, man. Have you been to Finch's? Not yet. It's good. I've heard it's good. I've heard good things. Yeah, shouts out Miles. Shouts out Rebecca. Um, yeah. They're super chill. I've known them for a while. Um, I used to work with Miles at Husk when I was still in restaurants and um yeah they're uh, finches.sandwiches on Instagram but um yeah they mainly just do sandwiches but yeah I, I used to work with Miles and he was like one of the first people to like fucking train me there and shit and um it's like pretty cool restaurant i've got their instagram pulled up here but yeah like miles and rebecca so they're married and um yeah they open this up and then they have their partner jamie who rebecca and jamie are kind of like day-to-day like manager front of house co-owner people just doing it all and then miles is in the kitchen so 
I think it's cool that they have, I don't know. It's, it's definitely kind of like a drive, especially if you live downtown, but I don't know. It's kind of, it just, the way where it's at, it just kind of makes you forget that you're like in like Savannah or right off victory even, you know, Mm. it's a cute location. And, you know, it's like on the way back and forth from the beach. So yeah, I like that place. I like Thunderbolt. Going back to just something you were kind of talking about earlier when you were saying that there's people that you barely know who you feel like support your music more than people you've known the entire time you've been here. And one thing that I've really separated myself from was expecting my friends to give a shit about what I'm doing. And I'm not saying right. that you have to or by any means, but this is just something that I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about because I was at a certain point in time getting very frustrated by the fact that my friends weren't my so-called friends weren't engaging with my music they weren't coming to shows they didn't care so i just stopped making music for them like i stopped i I didn't take it personally anymore and i just didn't expect them to do it luckily my best friend now actually is also a fan but I mean, obviously, he's a best friend first. But it's nice to have somebody that genuinely enjoys and, of course, wants to, wants to listen to my music. But I don't expect it. No, and I mean you shouldn't. But Al also told me that just in a way, I mean, it kind of does mean you have like shitty friends. Oh, I'm sorry, you get. Um, yeah, it does kind of mean that you also just have like shitty friends. You think so? <laughs> a little bit, not so like. So like, let's say I don't think I have shitty friends. I think I just have like kind of lazy friends. Here's the thing. So you put this post up on Instagram and you have the music out and you know some of these people. Like let's say that you know them well enough to where you hang out with them regularly or you see them regularly. Do you bring up that like if if you for a fact know that they didn't engage with it, do you bring that up? Do you not talk about it? No, I don't. Yeah. Because I don't try to... I feel like if they cared, they would ask about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know a lot of people, one, don't ask about it. And those tend to be the same people who also won't really react or engage on it in any way. And you're right. Like, you really can't expect that from people. And I've kind of... I thought of it in the same way as like a job almost, you know, but that's, what's also weird is that people in the food industry here are very, you know, supportive and blah, blah, blah of posting shit or whatever. And then it's, it's different when it comes to things like music and art, depending on. So what I've kind of come to realize is that my friends and I don't, have a lot in common in certain regards and that what I create musically for a lot of people that I know is not something that they would really listen to like in their spare time so that even if I feel like I've written like my best song that because of what it incorporates genre wise or sound wise or lyrically or using auto-tune, shit like that, that 
because they don't fuck with it, like it's just not their personal taste, that's enough for them to not like do anything about it. Do I think that's kind of lame? Sure. Because if I have friends who are doing something, I'm going to support them. And if it's something small, just like reposting a post, that takes no time. And the amount of people that I see who watch my stories and stuff versus the people who actually like engage with me and who I interact with, it's it's very far and in between. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you on that, that you do just kind of have to separate yourself from it because it's also like my family, you know? Yeah. I don't really. And we, we kind of talked about that last time. Yeah. And I have family members who do, you know, and everyone's all like, Oh cool. Like I'll check it out. But aunts, uncles, cousins, shit like that. Not really. Yeah. I have an aunt who like, really supports what i do really and cares yeah my that's aunt, awesome my aunt heidi she's the shit um and she like she sent me like hella texts just like going on and on about like she's making like legit like references and comparisons and stuff and i was like oh my god okay like thank you wow but that's a rarity you know and yeah it's like this really slow uphill. It's not really a battle. It's like a battle with yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's once again about finding that like actual fan base, you know? Yeah. Because it's always the cliche thing. Like no one starts giving a fuck until other people start giving a fuck, you know? Sure. And it's usually and the people it's... who are closest to you who are the last ones to take you seriously. Yep. yep, yep That's yep. how it always goes. Yeah. And then sometimes you see people who get actually successful. <clears throat> All of a sudden people start coming out of the woodwork. Oh, yeah. Asking for handouts and shit. Oh, yeah. And... I'm not saying I'll ever get to that point in my life, but if I do, I, de I definitely know. I definitely know who I would want and who I wouldn't want on my team. Sure. And that's how I know can like kind of like separate myself from like friends and acquaintances. Mm. And I think that's the one thing that I also, it's like, I take what I post on social media very seriously, but like, I'll just follow, you know, I'll follow people that because they share some followers with people I know, or we have some of the same followers, I'll follow them, you know, I'll, I'll follow strangers just like to see if they'll follow my page back, you know, but that doesn't like, sometimes that doesn't even work, you know? Sure. Oh, I've been, I didn't know that there's this whole lane of Instagram where bands will follow just on mass and then then they'll once you follow them back they'll delete their follow of you just so it looks like they have more followers than they're following <coughs> sam sam <coughs> sam gave me the education on that she's oh, like yeah. oh yeah some people will just like uh i think it's like follow mine or something <coughs> i probably just made that up but um <coughs> 
Sort of going back to the last. That makes yeah. Yeah, the, going back to the last thing, the way I like to think about it, it's just how I rationalize it in my head. My mom told me when I was little, she said, "Never, never loan somebody money, especially a friend." She said, "Just give it as a gift." She oh, said, yeah. "And if they insist on paying you back, that's fine." That's. She's, it's a pleasant surprise, but she was like, "Never." Never give somebody money with never. the expectation that you're gonna fucking get it back. ever. <laughs> Your mom is very yeah, dude. Never anything, not even money. Anything. I think, well, I think of it the same as like books I, w- with my soul. Like I don't, I don't, I don't loan anybody my soul because I don't think they're gonna pay me back. No, dude. <laughs> yeah, and like I'll give it, and if you like it, <coughs> you like it. But I'm never. I don't have that expe- expectation on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... As you said, so I'll put stuff out, and if a friend brings it up, great. If not, I'm not going to press the issue. No, because it, it just seems like... I'm doing this all by myself. Yeah. So it already is like me, you know? It's the Stefan show already. That the last thing I want to do is when I'm hanging out with people is be like, hey, you, you want to go listen to my album like in my car? Tell me what you think about it. Mm-hmm. That would be so fucking weird to so many people. Sure. It makes me sad yeah. because it legit is the thing I am most excited about and want to talk the most about. But No shit. I'll do that with anybody who approaches it, it. No shit. Anybody that has the balls... <laughs> To come up to me at a party or something along those lines and say, hey, will you listen to my song real quick? I'll be like, yeah, I'll listen to it. Be like, how honest do you want my feedback to be? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I, do, I love stuff like that. I, was, I just love... I don't know. I just, I, love, I just love music too much to not give people shots. Right. You know what I mean? No. Especially if it was a friend. Like if we if we were just hanging out and you know grabbing lunch with baby fee or something and you're like hey will you check this out real quick I'm like yeah I don't care right I mean there's the few friends that you have that you can do that with sure. you know yeah absolutely but it's usually a thing that's like spoken of and you're aware of you know yeah yeah, yeah. you've tested the waters previously right. and it's usually pe- other people that make music or that I've worked on music wi- with you yeah. know. <clears throat> yeah, and that's like Josh or my friend Ryan, Juwan, Alex. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So Yeah, it's it's a slow it's slow gradual thing and <coughs> I feel like like Progression or digression, the only thing worse than either of those is stagnation. Mm. I would rather fall back, obviously prefer to move forward, but would be okay with falling back rather than just being stuck in this kind of just like complacent limbo of, ex- you know, just existence. So stuck, f- stuck in that mall wandering around, not buying anything. Purgatory, dude. Madison Square Mall. <laughs> Although they do have. Fire ass fucking Chinese food there, dude. God damn. And their arcade was sick, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the fact that I am 
moving forward when it comes to like numbers. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> that's um <coughs> that's a plus. So I want to have like a lot of flowers for my set. Um I want to do some lighting stuff, just like cheap simple lighting, like get some like really bright lamps and just put like colored filters over them, kind of like even do like you know, cheap like construction lamps that you can clip onto shit mm-hmm. with filters. Want to give everyone who's there a flower. Thanks for thanks for coming to my show, our show, mm-hmm. and uh, just fucking kill it, dude. Just, just rip it. That's all I want to do. And uh, I feel like from there, you know, I. I still believe that in, like, anything, really, word of mouth is still, like, the number one promoter, you know? And if I do things that are worthy of, like, positive verbal promotion, then uh, that's a win-win for me, you know? I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know. how how. What have the numbers been like for, like, the podcast? As Never check. Late? No? Never check. I don't care. <laughs> That's I don't, good. I can't put myself in that mindset because I'll go crazy. I've done I it before. I need to be more like you, man. Well, I've done it before. I did it in the early days of the band. I was like, holy shit, how do I get more likes? How do I get more follows? How do I get more? And I was I was running myself crazy until finally one day I like, I almost like woke up and I was like, hey, how about I figure out how to write a better fucking song? Right. I was like, I don't care. Like this, uh, no amount of me being funny or posting memes or being self-deprivating or none of that is going to lead people to enjoy my music anymore than they do. So maybe I should just start with making music that people can enjoy. Yeah, it's like testing the waters over and over again with every single... Yeah. That was like I posted on my stories like like a promotion thing of like this like my... Did I don't know what... I like at, was acting and I was my neighbor talking about the album. I don't think I saw that. It was Was it your your post the other day of you like sauce dripping? No, no, no. It okay. was on my stories. Oh, okay. Me, like I don't watch people's stories. Oh my god. Unfortunately. You missed this shit. Here. I'll start watching your story. Here. No, it's I don't the thing I don't like about it is that I don't like that people can see that I've seen <laughs> it. <laughs> Cuz then I feel like I don't know. I just feel dirty. Oh, no, I know. I don't even check how many people have seen my story. I throw it out there and I ignore it. Same with posts. Same with comments. Like, I don't check. Really? Ever. (laughs) This is some, like, this is some of that old radio sound effects shit going on. Dude, just you wait. Here. Okay. 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 Just hit play. I got it. It's playing. How do you get a new crew of ads? 
Ronnie Schmidt Wiggett. And, uh, well, I'm Stephen's back. It's Stephon. Oh, I'm Stephon. Shit, I always thought your name was Stephen, goddamn. I'm Stephen. Sorry, Stephon's neighbor. And, uh, <laughs> well, he just let me listen to his new album. It's called Chasing Ghosts. And, uh, <laughs> It's something else. I'll tell you that much. It ain't really, ain't my cup of joke. But uh, you know, it, but I, it ain't it ain't no Randy Travis. Let, let's put it that way. But uh, you know, let's face it. There, there can really only be one Randy. Anyways, yeah, y'all should go check that out. I'm just sitting here doing some woodworking, uh, making me a little box here that I can put some dried fruits in it, make some nuts. Right but uh yeah that's about all i got to say so uh go ahead and uh go to the next thing on the instagrams and uh pre-save that album uh the link's in his uh in his bio bio the link's in his bio go check it out all right goodbye that's great that's fucking great i love like just silly comedy like that that's so awesome i felt like it was too much man no, that's so good. That's so good. I love the premise. Because you've, you've taken an interesting spin on the whole, like, hey, I hope you guys go check out my album. You've, like, it's clearly you. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, hey, I just checked out my neighbor's new album. and Like sling blading that shit, dude. It's like some mm, yeah. eccentric old queen southerner that lost their lover and so now they pour their heart and soul into woodworking into, yeah for the <laughs> storing nuts for the winter <laughs> i'm gonna put some dried fruits yeah in it and... shit was fucking silly dude dude i love it yeah that's like i can get a little too dark sometimes so sometimes i just like just genuinely silly stuff yeah that's that's my shit man i just love like goofy dumbass shit dude yeah man I love like, I love comedy, man. Like, and that was, <clears throat> I really wanted to act, you know, for the longest time. And that's why I was like trying to minor in theater, like act. And I really looked up to guys like, like Harold Ramis and a lot of like the like seventies, like National Lampoon, like writers mm. and SNL writers. And I, you know, all those movies like Stripes, first half of Stripes, second half is dog shit. Like Caddyshack, Blues Brothers, like the the Mel Brooks stuff. Like I like some Mel Brooks. To me, it was like I I really like Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles and like mm -hmm. Young Frankenstein. But yeah, is sometimes especially Spaceballs. I watch it now and I'm just like, oh my god, okay, yes, I get it. Yeah. Like so many fucking just punchlines in that movie that I'm like. I love Rick Moranis too, though he's him in Ghostbusters is one of the funniest characters, mm -hmm. dude. But yeah, I wanted to write like movies like that and shit. But yeah, I just love uh, I love comedy, and I always have like I think with just some of like the trauma from growing up and things like that. You know, that was just laughter, really, truly. It, is like the best medicine, you know? And sometimes that's all you have is just like laughter. And I think that's another reason why like I loved 
TV and movies more so than books, even though I love books too, is that like, I feel like comedy, um, it's just like, it transfers better in those kinds of realms. I, and I do think there are funny writers, but when I'm, I don't know, it's just different, but I do enjoy when a book genuinely makes me laugh out loud. But as you say, it's so few and far between. Dude, I love like David Sedaris. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever read any of his stuff. I don't but think so. I have some of his books. It's so funny. He's just like older, like gay man. Um, was like born in like North Carolina so he has like this really like kind of like goofy ass like family that's kind of big and uh he moved to like New York and <clears throat> I don't know if you know Amy Sedaris um she was in like um was it Strangers with Candy the name sounds really familiar so Strangers with Candy was um like Stephen Colbert's first thing okay, it was a comedy okay. sh- series about these people like who all worked at a school. <coughs> so Amy Sedaris was in that. <clears throat> so David, they're, they're siblings and he's, he doesn't act. He's just a writer and it's all like, um, it's all just kind of these like short stories and essays that are just things in his life. But his writing is just so dry and everything is just like so just mundane and miserable. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I have I have plenty of his stuff that you can you can borrow or have or whatever because I've read it so many times. It's really funny. Yeah. And then I um, yeah, so comedy, man. And I always I really enjoy especially bands that have like their music is very serious if like like say they're like videos or overall presence kind of like counteracts that a little bit you know yeah definitely kind of like tones you know it tones it down so i love like when like really heavy bands or dark bands have like really funny music videos and shit you know yeah i um that was something I always tried to do between songs during sets is, or every couple of songs have get the audience to laugh a little bit. Cause one thing I did, there was a, a set that was, I just, I didn't even think about it, but three or four songs in a row were about suicide. And right. so, and I, I look up at the crowd and I was like, so this is uh this is the point in the set where I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, Brennan, this is all well and good. <laughs> But is every song on this set going to be about suicide? <laughs> yes, it is. That's something I would do oh for sure. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Yeah. Watch the 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 screw on the backside will hold that up. Oh, like this? Right here. Here. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was loosening up a little bit. Sorry. It's all good. But yeah, I think you need if you if you have a lot of really heavy subject material or. Um, serious stuff you need a little bit of levity yeah for sure and because yeah. there's a ton of bands that double down on it yeah and i feel i don't know i feel like it works for some bands but sometimes it doesn't you know it just sure. kind of depends on you know you'll you'll always have a fan base for everything at the end of the day I guess I that's the other thing that I keep forgetting is that even I have my own tastes and things and that 
I can't just assume it's like the, just yet another thing to try to remove regarding my ego is not, you know, not taking offense to certain people, even friends and stuff, not like liking my music, you know, and that's, you know, it was like the last thing we talked about where it's like, well, even if they don't like it, you know, why not support it? Cause this is someone you care about and it's something they care about, but it's still, <clears throat> it's not like these people don't care about me, you know? Yeah. They show that they care in other ways. And so I also have to realize that it's almost kind of nice it's almost kind of nice having some people in your life who who maybe aren't that in much into that kind of a thing or whatever cuz it those are usually the ones who stick with you through thick and thin sometimes, you know. Mhm. Cuz they're not friends with you for that reason. And you always hear of people who are just up people's asses for whatever reason and I think if you're an artist, that's one thing, you know, if you're like trying to get your music out because that's one of the best ways to do it is by getting your other musician friends who might have been around for longer or have a bigger fan base, get them to like your stuff Mm -hmm. and then they'll help expose you to a bigger fan base. But then to the people who, if you get a big fan base, people who were never like there, don't do anything artistic, all of a sudden are just like coming around like, and it's so bizarre because it's, even if you, just because you have a big following doesn't mean you're a successful band. So it's weird when people start like climbing up your ass just because you have a big fan base or whatever. Like they're trying to gain some social leverage out yeah. of you. Yeah. That's why I really... But they're not genuine at all. Well, and that's a big part of the reason why I, I distanced myself from the music scene down here the way I did. Because I realized not only were a lot of people doing that to me, but I was doing that to other people. Like but everything, everything was a. Uh, what had makes to be it different is tat. that you're an artist. Yeah. So I it mean, makes a it little a bit. little different. I and just felt, I felt dirty. No, I understand that. But I also think that, <clears throat> again, sometimes you have to be a little annoying to get, because <clears throat> there are people who are viewed as some of the most prolific song makers of all time who had to nag the fuck out of someone to get them to listen, like give them the time of day. And had that not happened, the world may have never been gifted with whoever that was. And that's with anything, anything inspirational or artistic, you know, that that happens where you have to be like the little fucking you know, the little bug that just won't leave. It's just there by your buzzing around, you know, and finally you're like, oh, fuck, fine, you know? And then you listen and you're like, God damn, this is really good. Why did I sleep on this for as long as I did? And sometimes what's crazy to me is, is like those things that you do sleep on and then you finally just give in and listen to it 
and it's like the most like thing you needed in that moment you know when mm-hmm. that just happens which is like bands not even like people that you know at all but you finally like listen to an album that you've put off or whatever for a long time and then it's whatever's going on in your life for whatever reason that album just like hits you perfectly and the fact that that can still happen with music is so so beautiful and that's why i think in certain ways it's so important to give people who are making music now the time of day because everyone can argue that you know like music wasn't as good as so and so blah 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 but if you're the kind of person who appreciates art from like an emotional and cathartic kind of place that opportunity is always there no matter if it was something that was made seconds ago you know i don't think there's a a a less productive argument than people who are like well it's no led zeppelin or it's no leonard skinner it's like oh okay so you're just not going to appreciate anything that's come since then because that was my dad's point i had him on the podcast at one point and he he said you know his whole thing was they just haven't made they don't make music like they used to sort of thing. Right. And I didn't challenge him on it because I appreciate his perspective and I'm I'm glad he has it. And that's not what this show's about to like challenge people's perspectives. It's right. just it's to just talk about things. And I mean I I don't I don't agree with it, obviously, because so many good bands have come out since the eighties. You know, why would you just stick yeah. yourself in it? And the other thing is he likes a lot of music that's come out since then. And Odd there's stuff. new musical genres that used yeah. to not exist, yeah. you know? I mean, he says that, but then he listens to Natasha Bedingfield, and I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of you're undermining your own argument, but. Yeah. I think, I th- here's. I think it's so much easier as musicians to 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 appreciate music because we we know how the sausage gets made. Right. Yeah. Like I respect the fuck out of your hustle. I really do. Like oh. you just yeah, I mean you're just you're at it, you're gonna keep going and that's what you that's what you do and I respect the fuck out of it. Thanks, man. And yeah. I mean I what I I'm not gonna lie, like I I don't listen to a lot of the music you listen to and I don't listen to a lot of music that sounds like you and that's the reason I like it, is because your music doesn't sound anything like mine or anything that I've really listened to. Right. And it's cool having the, obviously the, the context of like, you're a really cool person and I value your friendship and that's cool. But thank you. Yeah. It's, I forget where I was going with that, but I don't know. I just, it's those non-alcoholic Heinekens. Dude. I went straight to my head. You're slurring your dude, words. You know, you know what I'm going to, I'm staying up all night tonight. Really? Yeah, I've made the decision. I was outside and the moon was up, and I was like, "Ooh, I haven't Dude. I have not stayed up all night in a long time, like since college, which wasn't it was not that long ago." But <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like I probably was on like mushrooms or some shit last Ooh, time. Oh God, when was the last time I did mushrooms? God knows, it's been so long. Yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah, it's been a. Well, last time I was doing them, I was just microdosing them a lot. So yeah, did you notice a profound difference between non-microdose you and microdose you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I was microdosing for about 
I don't know. I mean, pretty much the latter half of me working in restaurants here, I was microdosing like three times a week usually. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, all the chef stuff I did, um, a lot of that was like dishes and stuff all kind of came from that. Um, and then I stopped cause it just kind of like started to like, <clears throat> I just started getting like anxious really easily from it. Hmm. Even though like, I feel like overall it, it did help with a lot of things. Um, yeah, it kind of, it just really helped me kind of, um, I don't know, just kind of cope with certain things a little more easily, but also for just for my day to day stuff, it just, it was almost like taking like, um, like a Adderall that felt not methy. Mm. Like you didn't feel like, but you still had like focus and energy, you know? Mm. So it was really helpful with kind of like keeping, I don't know, just keeping you focused. Really nice to work on music, like microdosing. Mm. Um, and of course you can like function and do your day to day, you know, it's not like you're like, yeah, you're, oh my God, I feel like, you know, like, yeah. oh shit. Like it it's, comes. <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just kind of like perks you up. It's, it's like, it's like taking like, it's like a Adderall mixed with like an antidepressant kind of feeling. Okay. You just feel very just like. Focused but relaxed. Things don't like deter you as easily, you know. Mm, if you're the kind of person who gets like affected easily by like what goes on around you, you know, the person says this and that, it's just gonna like ruin your day or you know, or affect you for like that. Just kind of like it just like goes over your shoulders really mm. easily, you know, and allows you to kind of yeah. So, but also just be like very analytical about things. So it's weird. Now, so something like that, do you have to sort of set it up yourself and, like, measure it out, or do you yeah, have a Yeah, like, having, source? like, a scale usually helps. Um, typically, people will say, like, point one to point two um, of a, you know, of a gram. Mm -hmm. It's a very minuscule amount. So you just, you basically just need a scale that can go to the first decimal place. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then you just put it in a capsule, or... Yeah, I mean, your, I just had like, I just or? had like, I bought like a fucking like ounce of caps and stems. It was like penis envies or something. That's like what seems to be like the common mushroom around here. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, just keep them in your fucking freezer and pull some. You know, I'd pull one out and I would just tear piece off weigh it if it was too much you know break it till it was down to like a very and it usually would just be like the tiniest little flake you know yeah do it like sublingually i just let it sit under my tongue for it's almost like, like doing a minute the, doing the dust at the bottom of the bag almost yeah 100 percent. that's yeah have not done that in a 
hot minute. Mushy dust. Oh, I thought you were talking about fucking cocaine. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't done that. You're degenerate. Even mushrooms, though. Yeah, I, I had some left, and I just got rid of them. Yeah. It's just like... It's like around when Fiona was born, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't have time for this kind of <laughs> shit, man. Even microdosing. Cause if you're, it, I, if you're in like a high anxiety situation, it can definitely like make you feel very anxious. I gotcha. So I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to do this with a baby. Cause yeah, I'll yeah. just be like, stress the fuck out. Yeah. So yeah, I just got rid of all my shit and. I specifically remember somebody. So I was, I was at a show, and this is a show we were playing at. And one of the the bands that was with us, a couple of the members that were talking about microdosing. Yeah. And one of them was like being this huge proponent about it, like almost pushing it. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, I would recommend it to anybody. Like, it just it relaxes me. It keeps me so calm. I'm so focused. You know, all the selling points, right? And then at a specific point in the show you know, another band is like taking a little too long on stage or whatever. And this guy that was just, you know, talking about the benefits of microdosing is like to the point of almost throwing shit backstage. He's so mad that this band is like going on a little longer than the time slot. Yeah. And I was just like, I mean, we'll give you longer time slot if you want to play longer, dude. It's not a big deal. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, where's the relaxed microdosing, you know, <laughs> where's no. that at? Cause I mean, it's a psychedelic, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like most of the benefits that come from psychedelics are after the experience, you know. Yeah, that's, that's all a good like point. Yeah. fun and trippy, you know. Sure. Especially like if you aren't microdosing, but it's always the day after that you're like, "Wow, like I feel just great," you know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with microdosing. So that's why you also, you know, one your tolerance when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, it, like it's really like anytime like, it's, you can't like gain any benefits from like tripping every day, you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't really work usually, you know, like, or it's definitely not as strong, but it work one time. any, or really anytime I've done it, like you have to take more, you know, you can't yeah. just like take this. You can't take the same amount. So that's why I'm, so yeah. it's the same thing with microdosing, you yeah. know? So that's why it's like better to <clears throat> do it like every so often. And then, so it'd be like the times where I wasn't on it, you know, like, like day on day off type shit. I would start to, and then, you know, you give yourself like a week off or a couple weeks off or a month off and then you go back to it. And yeah, it's just, it was like almost taking like, like as like a holistic medication basically, you know, like just a natural medication. It'd be like the same thing as taking your dose of Lexapro or what the fuck ever. Like, um, so yeah. If that dude was microdosing, that's probably why he's acting like that. Like, otherwise, he's just full of shit. Yeah. Well, that's because he's normally such a cool headed, like, he's a great guy. And I don't want to name names. I really like him a lot, but it was just because of the selling point of microdosing. I was like, I don't think I want to try this. I mean, if you like psychedelics and have 
had any sort of beneficial stuff happen from them, yeah, you'd probably like it. Um, well, it's like as you say, like I always liked being at the devil's door and then coming back from it. That was right. the lesson learned. Was the journey. It wasn't as you say, like yeah, the tripping was fun, but I liked the lessons that I learned when I I sat with my thoughts for a little bit and I was like, why do I do this? Why do I think this way? What is this coming from? Right. That was the benefit. So Yeah. And it was because there was this looming monstrosity of a of a trip hanging over me. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely it's a little more slower of a recognition. Mm-hmm. Um that it's kind of just like you slowly see like the benefits that come from it. Sure, sure. Which again is like why it's like kind of medicine. You know, you microdose like once or twice. You'll, you know, you got to do it for a while to really like see like the kind of benefits that come from it. So, yeah, it's it's just I don't know. I think it's like weird to push shit on people, you know. Like anything, and I had my time in my life where I was like that, but it's just weird, man, because not everything, you know, and I think that's just an indicator of kind of like a self-centeredness is when people advocate things because of their experiences on it. It just kind of shows that they don't really look that far beyond themselves. Otherwise, they wouldn't even bother doing that kind of shit. Yeah. Well, that kind of touches on what you were talking about earlier in terms of like, um, like not assuming that your your perspective is the correct one. It's just the one you have, or That's your it. opinion, or your yeah, your taste, whatever. Right. Like it's. That's just what you're doing and how you're living and how your body and your biology reacts and is affect reacts to and is affected by things. So. I mean, yeah, inevitably, it's just always kind of foolish to push it onto people because even if if it sounds as rational as possible to you, it might sound like utter nonsense to someone else. And, like, I'm definitely the kind of person who likes to kind of, like, keep people with the same politics around me, you know? But I also do understand that it's... um. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's foolish to, um, really try to argue and push my views onto other people because, uh, it's just, it's really hard to change people's minds about things. And I have, I've also realized that actions speak louder than words. And so when it comes to, um, killing people with kindness, you know, some people will argue that that's not necessarily doing anything, but I, I just sometimes feel like a lot of people who have a lot of like hatred and anger in their hearts, it's because they were never like shown like genuine like love and compassion and empathy. So in a way it is like kindness, kindness and uh, not respecting not yeah really not respecting even like i hate when people are like oh you know i respect your point of view it's like no i don't respect your point of view at all i respect your 
capability of existing on this planet and therefore being able to have that view because you are a breathing living person but beyond that i respect nothing about it you know like our existence alone is what gives us like any opportunity to have any thought or feeling about anything whatsoever so when it comes to me having deferring viewpoints with someone I just try to be fucking nice to them because if they're like so against this, but then they're like, well, that that guy's always nice to me, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I always think about, like, what I end up remembering about most people, especially people who are like really different from me or whatever. I'm like, dude, that guy was like, that lady was so nice, like, weird, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe this isn't as blah, 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 as some people say it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man. Yeah, I just fucking... It's like I hate our species so much, you know? Yeah. I hate humans, and I hate that we just, like, because we... It's like the same thing because we exist, we assume that we just are like deserving of things and yeah. people constantly talk about like rights and all these things, but it's it's like n we've all come up with that ourselves. At the end of the day, it's us and nature, baby. And like one way or another, like we can get wiped out by something. Like you can have all the, as much world peace or world war as you want. Like inevitably it, it, it'll all, come crashing down by something far greater and more powerful than us. So I just, I also try to realize that all I really have when it comes to morality and things of that is it's really just what I have come up with myself. Beyond that, I feel like morality is just, it's, it's like a facade of a thing, you know, mm -hmm. because I also have noticed that as our species has progressed throughout its existence, our morality has adapted to whatever it needs to adapt to, you know, sure. in order to justify this or that. Religions have adapted in these, like, like everything goes through like a constant microevolution, whether or not people want to accept that. So I just, yeah. I just want to be nice to people. I just want people to be nice to me. And like, that's all I can really ask for at the end of the day, you know, beyond that, like, fuck it, man. Fuck everyone. Fuck it all. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I think Slipknot said it best. People, people equal shit, yo. Shouts out Iowa. The album's <laughs> fire, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Couldn't think of a more perfect note to end on. Yes, sir. That's the last sips of beer. It's getting hot in here, body. dude. Is it? I'm sweating. Oh, I'm sorry. I knocked the AC down a little bit. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's all the candles. I love it. <laughs> no, I know. I was like, dude, there's so much fire in here. Oh man. I no. couldn't have I couldn't have asked for a better partner to go out on this this nighttime journey with. Dude. So thank you for coming in. And like I said, honestly, um, come back whenever you have stuff to plug you can reach out anytime you want even if you don't have stuff to plug just come have a conversation i'll make time oh man i always enjoy our talks i do too yeah 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 there's always 
something that comes out of it, you know? Like Simon Birch. Oh, <laughs> dude, holy. I'm God's instrument. Oh, I think, and, dude, I think that's how I'm going to stay up tonight. And he had the most high-pitched voice, dude. Like, you're like, God, I'm... I can't even do it. I'm God's instrument. Like, crazy, dude. It's such a weird movie, and it's like a touchstone picture. You know, it's oh, got yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Produced by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck was Jim Carrey in this for not even like 10 minutes? What? He's just in the intro, like walking to Simon's grave. Like, let me tell you about my best friend, Simon. Oh, damn. And then it just ends with him like, like tearing up. And it's like, all right, well, I'll see you next year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tell this story again to the invisible audience. <laughs> yeah. Really breaking the fourth wall here. Dude, crazy. All right. God bless everyone. Thanks for tuning che in. Yeah. Check out Weight Room Records at Garland's G A R L V N D S Heel X Turn Vatican VR Jones and for the Jones McCauliflower Chipper Bones Um Yeah Timmy Lovato Demi Lovato, check out Snacks. My friend Chance and his band Snacks. Wish I could have seen them the other day. Looked like they had a killer show. I think it's like snacks.music. Um, Chance EF, Original Drip God. Sage Fountain, DIY fashion designer. Um, look forward to some things coming up. Had a real good combo with Josh that I cannot um, go into detail with uh, at the moment. But... Uh, uh God bless America. God bless Jamiroquai. Good night, y'all. <laughs>